Assalamu alaikum everyone. How are you guys? I hope you guys are doing amazing. So alhamdulillah, I am finally uploading another episode. Look at me go. I'm so sorry. I have like these waves where I'll like really consistently upload episodes every, every weekend. And then like I'll go vanished again. And I'm sorry. I'm working on it. Honestly, last week, your girl was not healthy in the way that she should have. I don't even know what happened. Y'all know I'm a little bit dramatic, right? We we all established that. If you're a recent audience, you know I'm, I'm a little bit dramatic. But like last week, I wasn't even being dramatic. My health was not healthy. And like out of nowhere, I just woke up really sick. Like I needed to be put in some rice type of thing. Like just woke up broken, bro. Like <laughs> I needed to be put in some rice. I don't know what happened, but I just started like waking up to throw up at night. And then I couldn't sleep. And then like I started having really bad nausea and I got super dizzy. And then I couldn't eat like any food at all and so i was just like on soft food for like a week which by the way not a hot take don't do, mm -mm, not hot but couldn't really eat and i just kept throwing up anything that i did eat and so i was hungry but then i couldn't eat because my stomach was just not tolerating anything and then i just couldn't walk could my vision was like so blurry because my head was so heavy i don't know what was going on i was just homegirl was a little bit broken she should have been putting some rice and yeah it is what it is it happens but in the midst of all this, I had like four cumulative exams and one of them from the state, which is a pretty freaking big deal because it kind of pushes me to the next parts of some stuff. And yeah, your girl was not, she couldn't really study. She, I really couldn't. And I remember like at that time I was so panicked because it was just so much at once. And I was like, oh my God, like, what am I going to do? And I feel like already in life, like when you have so much on your plate and you're just going through things and you have like school and work and like, you know, just balancing your relationships. And of course, living up to your religious and, you know, just your own expectations on how you see yourself living day to day. I feel like sometimes it can get really overwhelming if you don't live up to those expectations. And of course, I was having my little moment, but alhamdulillah, I'm fine now. But at that time, since I really couldn't do much of anything, I had ample time to do nothing, which is honestly really weird because I feel like a lot of us don't do anything unless we're forced to not do anything type of thing. And that's kind of how it was for me because there was literally nothing I could have done. So I was just sitting there thinking about life. And I feel like a lot of times at times like this, when you are just going through a lot and a lot is on your plate, not even saying specifically me or my circumstances, I was just generally thinking. But generally from so many of the situations that I know when life is just kind of going downhill or you have a lot on your plate and you feel overwhelmed, I feel like it's very normal sometimes to start to question why necessarily you are failing in so many places in your life or why things are going so wrong so quickly in so many places of your life and unfortunately sometimes we even start to question like is this Allah punishing me what's going on in my life because you feel so disappointed in your own capabilities and in your own expectations on how you thought you would be and one of the big ways in my opinion that you can kind of understand whether something's a punishment or a blessing is obviously to look at how you're reacting towards it. Did this thing bring you closer to Allah, bring you farther? That litmus test has been like the epiphany of my life because ever since I started doing that, it made life drastically changed for me because i stopped giving into shaitan's waswasa so quickly when things go wrong shaitan is so adamant and so quick to make you believe like wow god's punishing you and you made dua and god's punishing you and you're still making dua to him and you are talking to him and you're praying to him but he didn't give you what you wanted and it's so quick to instantly install that mindset in you and then you start to you know grow distant from god you 
start to not talk to God. You start to go on the wrong end. But when you put this little test on your mind and you say to yourself, this happened to me, what is the first thing that I'm going to do? Am I going to praise Allah, say Alhamdulillah, even though it wasn't the way that I went? Am I going to go pray today, talk to Allah about the situation and see what I can do? Or am I going to just go completely haywire and say the worst things that exists because, you know, God didn't do what I wanted him to do? And that changes everything. Because even when things don't go your way, but you still talk to Allah, you draw closer to Allah, you realize like, it's okay, things didn't go my way. But that doesn't mean that I'm being punished. That doesn't mean that, you know, God is angry and his wrath is upon me. Obviously, Allah, Allah knows that best. We we don't know that. But at the end of the day, when you are drawing closer to him, you're asking for more forgiveness than ever before. You're talking to him more. That within itself is such a blessing. And... Of course, throughout this time, I was talking to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala about everything. But you know, in life, the thing is, it, it's like small, 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 small things that like add up. And then like you feel very overwhelmed and you feel like you have so much on your plate and all of that. And the third, I get it. So that's kind of how it was. And throughout this time frame, I was talking to Allah a lot. And I was trying not to let any of those thoughts get to my head and be like, oh, you know, I'm being punished or this or that. I mean, we never know right? We never know at the end of the day how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala feels about somebody, but we can try our best to hope and pray that he loves us and that we know we're doing right. And so you continue to pray, you continue to make dua because you know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not turn away those that call to him, right? Wait, in essence, it was really this time that kind of made me realize like us as human beings, we really do take our worldly failures and portray them way too much in our relationship with God. We bring them up a little too much in a negative way and in a way of frustration towards God, right? You know that saying how it's like, oh, I only complain of my grief and my suffering to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it's very true. And like, as you grow older, you realize that even more. Like when you're young and something goes wrong, like you want to talk to anybody, everybody. You want to get advice. You want someone to help you. But then like, as you grow older, like that warm, fuzzy feeling when you talk to Allah is unmatched and you realize that you're being so so heard i feel like no one really understands this until you do it like when you start talking to allah you realize how hurt you feel because you don't have to over explain yourself you don't have to worry about being misunderstood you don't have to worry about you know your intentions being taken the wrong way because god knows them 100 percent. you know so it's like one of the best feelings to talk to allah if you don't do it already mm -hmm, do it bestie i'm glaring at you do it but it, it really just changed your life but the big one with a lot of people is that we do take our worldly failures and put them way too much in our relationship with God. And slowly but surely, I started to notice how much of my life was a pattern of that. Like, I used to sometimes get really frustrated and think, oh, well, God didn't answer this thought of mine. Maybe he's mad at me. No. A lot of times, God protects you from things that you did not even ask God to protect you from. So many times we make decisions and we're like, okay, this is solid, bro. Like, this can't go wrong. And we, like, full on force, we're like, this is all good. Like, I got I got it. This is good. This is going to be fine. There's no way this can go wrong at any angle. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make that plan fall through because there indeed was something that could have went wrong. There indeed was something that could have harmed you. Whatever it might be, God protects you from things that you were so certain are good that you thought could never go wrong. God protects you from things that you never even asked him to protect you from. And when God protects us, a lot of times we take God's protection and we say, oh, you made me fail. You made me go wrong. You made this go wrong. I'm so upset. We take God's protection and often read it as failure. And that's our problem because we say that we want to feel God's love in our life. And when God loves us and you see God's hands and all things that you do and the decisions that you make and how things fall apart or in how things come together, a lot of times we feel really, really frustrated with the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because it doesn't look anything like what we had in mind. But you 
said you wanted to experience God's love and God's love does not always look like, you know, the linear type of warm little fuzzy love that you see on this dunya. It's more of protecting you from things that you don't even know can hurt you. God's love comes in various forms and one of the biggest forms is protection. You will see things in your life change. You will ask God to remove bad people from your life and you might just end up freaking lonely. You will ask God to help you become financially stable, to help you become better and you might lose your job because you don't even know that job could have some aspects of haram in it. You could ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant you baraka and good risk and like I said, you might just freaking lose your job because that job probably had no baraka in it. It had no hair or nothing good in it. It could have been Shirab Haram. You don't even know. And you probably had no clue. And you're sitting here thinking, I'm making dua for risk. I'm making dua for Allah to help me. Now I'm going the complete opposite. I've talked to some people that say, you know, like when I start to get really religious and I really start to make dua to Allah, like things actually just fall apart. Like things, things fall apart even more. And it's like things are just not working out. And I remember when I first started getting closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I was like, bro, why is it that when I make dua about something, about wanting something, it kind of goes the opposite way. Like things are going a little bit different than I wanted them to go. But low-key, the whole point here is that when you are making dua, you are asking God to guide you to what is best. And that means you are telling God, come in this situation, make things right, make things the way that you want them to be, make them good because you know God is good in what he does. So when you do see God doing what needs to be done, don't get so frustrated because God knows exactly where he's heading and God knows where you are heading. God knows what's going to work out the right way. But all in all, I, I talk to so many people that just feel like they're academic, financial, and they're marriage life just their dunya life period goes in such opposite directions that it makes them feel so frustrated sometimes with just the decree and it sometimes makes them feel have a hard time talking to god it gives them a hard time just communicating with allah and praying and showing up on time because nothing in their dunya is going the way that they want if we were to classify it as a dunya perspective we would say that they're failing they're sick, they might be going through a hard time, they might have lost their family, they might be facing, you know, the divorce of their parents. They might be going through very difficult things. At a dunya level, some people will call that failing. I wouldn't. Because the Prophet's peace upon them went through all of those things, and they didn't fail. They were incredibly successful. And that's the thing, the definition of success that you have in this dunya is, it's not the same. I feel like growing up, we all had this one set definition of being healthy and being successful and having a good family and having kids and being married and living in a big home and being successful. Da, 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 third, like we all had this one linear definition. Then as you grow older, you realize that that definition doesn't necessarily, it's not wrong, but that, that doesn't necessarily mean it's everything. Because there are so many non-Muslim people and even, unfortunately, some Muslims that don't really care about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they don't worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, do not care for that relationship at the slightest. They have all these things. So do these things really make you successful in actuality or are they just an indicator of some worldly success at a worldly level that we have defined as success? That's why it is so important sometimes to ask yourself, what does success even look like? Because in my opinion, success in this life looks like living a life as a righteous Muslim and keeping Allah with you throughout all those things, obeying Islam the way that you should be, because through that you will find your comfort. Success does not always look like having the nicest cars, being in the biggest homes, getting married to who you want, having all your kids. Those are beautiful things. They're nice things. We love those things. But that does not mean that if you don't have those things, you're not successful. And we can see that clearly through the lives of so many prophets, peace be upon all of them. And it is around this area where you truly start to think about how exactly the sirah can be your comfort 
Because when you look at the things that the Prophet, peace be upon him, went through, and speaking in no chronological order, just kind of sharing a few in basic detail, again, not going into depth, just sharing a few, we start off from the very beginning of him being born an orphan, peace be upon him, right? The life of the Prophet, peace be upon him, it was difficult right from the early stages. He was born an orphan, his mother didn't live much longer, but being an orphan was a blessing in disguise. And we see that so much of the effect that it had upon him, peace be upon him. He became a stronger person because of it, not just, you know, physically, but spiritually and mentally. And because of him being an orphan, it helped him and prepared him so much more better for that mission that he had as a prophet that was soon to come. And you can see along the seed on along just different incidents, how he treated everybody because of it. The genuine and general kindness that he had because he had endured pain. From the time that life had began, pain was there. Pain was automatically there. And you know, pain makes us a lot more softer. It really does. I think that if you understand how to take care of your pain, pain makes you a lot more softer. I think that if pain makes you hard and you become very relentless and mean, then I don't, I don't think you're learning what you're supposed to be learning. But pain really makes you softer. You go through things in life and it makes you become a much more kind-hearted person. And it makes you become a lot more understanding in the way that you treat others. And we see that with the Prophet, peace be upon him, all the time. Someone might be born an orphan and consider like that is the epiphany, that's it. Like this is the most painful thing. I, I, I'm not capable of doing anything in my life because of it. But when you look at the Sira, you know, going on from his uncle, when he starts, you know, working with trade, that's where he eventually meets his wife, Hatija, and they'll be pleased with her. And then eventually, you know, he gets chosen for the mission of prophethood. And, you know, his wife is with him and whatnot. But over time, you know, that new Muslim community and everything they had, his uncle was such a strong protector of it. And then eventually, you know, he leaves. Then eventually we have the year of grief where, you know, eventually Hatija also, also leaves. And of course, he also faced the loss of some of his children, where at this point, you know, there's this hadith that was narrated in Muslim around the time of when he lost, you know, his children. And Ibrahim, he said, the eyes cry and the heart feels sorry. We will not utter any word other than what our Lord will consent. He added by Allah, O Ibrahim, your passing away distressed us a lot. But at that same note, do you see the Prophet, peace be upon him, holding a grudge to this decree of Allah? Do you see him being like, wow, like, you know what, God, you just don't favor me. You called me a prophet, but I'm going through all of this. You know, I'm apparently favored, but I, I'm going through all of this. Or I'm being a Muslim, especially coming from a family and coming from, you know, a tribe and just a community period where people are doing idol worship and I'm not being favored. Right. Some might say at the time, if you were to put yourself in that scenario and you were to put yourself in that mindset of, oh, I worship God and things get worse or, or, you know, people that don't worship God have it better. You would think of the people who did idol worship, who are rich, who are perfectly fine. They didn't worship Allah. They were very wealthy. Would you call that successful? Would you really call that successful? You wouldn't. This is that same thing of coming back, of defining success from an Islamic perspective and understanding it. Would you call somebody who is rich, successful, has a big home, has multiple wives, has children, has wealth on wealth on wealth, everything that you can ask for, does idol worship successful? No, because he does idol worship. So instantly that's like, that's not successful. As compared to the Prophet, peace be upon him, born an orphan, going through all these things at some point, facing so much hunger in different stages among his community, among, you know, when... They were getting boycotted and whatever in the third throughout so many different stages, starving, not having food for maybe three days almost, as some sources say. At some points, having to tie rocks to their stomach. 
it doesn't sound like that person is necessarily, you know, fitting that worldly successful definition. But this is probably the most successful person there is. Well, for certain, obviously is. But, you know, because they're closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And you know that whatever they're going through, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to reward them. And that was the mindset of the Prophet, peace be upon him. Of course he went through things. Of course he went through years of sorrow. Of course he went through losses. Of course he went through the fact that he was an orphan. Of course he lost his children. Of course he went through so many different boycotts. and went through so many different things. Got betrayed by so many different people at so many given times. Whatever it might be, at any given point, the Prophet, peace be upon him, didn't take all of those things and, you know, go against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because of it. He didn't say, well, things are not going my way, so I'm going on my own way. I'm done with this whole worshipping Allah thing. No. Because you understand that God's love sometimes is protection. And it looks in different forms and it's not easy. But you also realize that pain is something that you will be rewarded for. You don't take those failures and make them your entire life. You don't take those failures and say that God does not love me because I failed in this dunya. This does not deeply correlate with God's love. Of course, all of this doesn't really stop there because a lot of us have heard that incident at Taif where he goes to invite, you know, the village of Taif to Islam and they reject him. But they don't reject, they don't just reject him, they don't just stop there. They throw stones at him, they make him bleed. And, you know, at this point, Angel Jibreel came to him and said, Allah has heard what your people say to you and how they reject you. He has ordered the angels of the mountain to obey whatever you tell them to do. The angels of the mountain called him greeted him and said send me to do what you wish if you wish i will crush them between the two mountains of mecca the prophet peace be upon him said no rather i hope that allah will bring from their descendants people who will worship allah alone without associating partners with him and this kind of ties back in with the whole concept of how are you perceiving and reacting when you get pain when someone hurts you or when you are physically emotionally mentally spiritually hurt how are you reacting it changes everything. Are you becoming a more hard-hearted person? Are you becoming softer? Are you becoming kinder? It changes everything. Now, obviously, a lot of us have heard of Badr and Ohad and how during Badr, obviously, it was incredibly tense. They're outnumbered. You know, they're just worshipping Allah subhanahu ta'ala all night, hoping that things work out in the best way. And then, alhamdulillah, things did work out, right? But Ohad wasn't necessarily easy because then at Ohad, things didn't go as planned. Things didn't end as planned. And some studies share how when it was really time to fight at the battlefield, almost 300 of them, obviously the hypocrites among them, left. So now already they're outnumbered and you have 300 of the quote, quote, Muslims leave because they're like, this is a bad idea. We're already outnumbered. There's no point. They left. Obviously, Uhud didn't end so perfectly. But did they take that failure and portray it so deeply? Did they take that failure and portray it so, so, so much more bigger as compared to thinking that, you know, it happens, it's a decree of Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala got us, it's okay, things will get better. The reality that you live in changes and affects you a lot. When you fail at something, or you are struggling in something, or something is hard, and you decide to take that and make that your entire world, and say that you are a failure and you suck at everything, your entire life is going to go down the hill. The life that you live, and the assumptions and the things that you tell yourself, impact who you are so tremendously. And if you fail at something in this dunya, you don't, you're not successful in something. Something as little as you didn't get the job you wanted. You didn't pass the test the way that you thought you wanted. Think about these little examples that mean you get frustrated at Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for. Compare them to all the big things that mean you've been talking about. But have that in your mind. These little, little things that mean you get so frustrated for that we're ready to give up our belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because things didn't go our way. Is there, is there really much of a significance of these worldly things? In your relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who has 
forever favored you, loved you, and, and you can see the way that Allah loves and helps the Prophet, peace be upon all of them, through everything that they went through. Salman al-Farisi at one point was a caught slave, and when they spent you know, obviously a good amount of money back in the time to set him free. They didn't necessarily know that at the Battle of the Trench, Battle of the Confederates, as some people call it, he would be the one that comes up with the whole idea of digging trenches. And that changed everything. That changed everything for them. It was like the turning point. And that was an immaculate idea, especially at that time. And it was completely changing everything for them. Do you think they knew when that when they set him free that that would happen? When they paid that much money? Did you think they knew that would happen? No. But when you do good things and you just think that, okay, inshallah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala got it, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala take care of it. You know, whatever you do, good things, bad things, whatever it might be, whether you fail, you're succeeding, whatever, you do things and you just leave it up to Allah. You have pure intentions while you do them. Those same things can come back and benefit you in ways that you don't even know. Your biggest failure today that you say alhamdulillah at and you keep pushing and going through and not stressing and worrying over Leave it in Allah's hands, keep your intentions and continue to do good deeds, continue to seek Allah's pleasure. Despite the way that your life might be today, could be the same thing that gets into Jannah. You just don't know. You think that the failures of this life that you are facing is everything. And that the failure of this life is the reason that God won't like you or that you aren't good enough or that God doesn't like you. And you are judging the fact that you are failing in this life, correlating it to the fact that God's upset with you. When this life has no value, it does not have value. If this life had value, I can promise you that so many of the people that you see successful and rich and famous that are not Muslim would not have what they have. The prophets, peace be upon them, will probably live the best life, the most lavish life, the most luxurious life. None of them lived that. They did not really live that. Especially if you talk about today's standard, not really. They didn't live that. The prophet, peace be upon him, had to tie rocks to his stomach because they had that much hunger. They did not live that. Stop taking the failures of this life, of this world, and making them so deeply connected and portraying them and bringing them up and feeling frustrated with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. These things are in this life. This is not your everything. At so many points in the seerah, and of course, I just went over in a really, really basic way because it's a lot to talk about. But at a really basic point, we see so many downs. We see so many times when things aren't going as planned. But that doesn't mean that they've given up completely and they say, well, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't love us. We can see at multiple times the hypocrites, they lost faith a lot. At some points when they had to dig the trench, they, they didn't have that many people as is. Digging a trench is a big job. The hypocrites would make excuses to go. They'd be like, oh, it's got something going on at home. I'll, I'll be back. Never came back. They'd probably like dig one shovel and go back home. Right? Because at that point, when you start to correlate like this, look, we're about to fail. This is worldly failure, this failure here, whether that's we're going to get, you know, killed, we're going to go through this, we're going to go through that. We're already getting boycotted, we barely have food, we're barely making ends meet, we're not, we're in a random city that we aren't necessarily accustomed to, people are falling sick and ill, you know, like this, this doesn't look right. This doesn't look right. Because if we were on the huck, God would favor us. But that's not exactly how it went. And you can see that the Muslims went through those things. They had to migrate. Lots of them fell sick and ill. And some of them died because of the weather change when they migrated. So many things happened. But it was in this life. You don't take these things and think that this is, you know, my whole spiritual thing with me and Allah. And it's all going haywire, which means Allah's mad at me. Keep the dunya where the dunya belongs. And the dunya, stop letting that interfere so deeply with God. 
God is capable of giving you anything and everything, whether that's success, happiness, whatever, in this life or the next, God is capable of giving you those things. And if you are at a point in life right now where you feel like you are failing and you're not doing your best and you're not doing the things that you thought you would do, how you thought you would do them, or things aren't going as planned, that does not mean that God is mad with at you. That does not mean you're being punished. That does not mean that this is the end for you. That does not mean that God has forsaken you. Stop letting the dunya be your indicator of how your relationship with God is. The way that you spend your time, the way that you treat people, the way that you are with people, the good deeds that you do, the fact that the lifestyle that you live, are you praying, are you not praying, these spiritual things, your other with people, this says a lot. But your failure and your success in this life, whether you graduate, you don't graduate, you get that job, you don't get that job. You're successful, you're not successful. You're rich, you are not rich. You are an orphan, you are not an orphan. Your parents are together, they're not together. You end up divorced or you are not divorced. These things happen. They happen. Life happens, bro. It's okay. These are life things. These are dunya things. Keep them here. I really popped off at y'all. This calls for a water break. This calls for a breather break, but while we are chilling, I do want to say, I know that a lot of people do struggle to learn about the Sita, or they do struggle to find time to do these things. I know that in the beginning, time was a really big problem for me. Time is a really big problem for lots of people. So if you're someone that honestly struggles to find time to study religion, I highly recommend IOUT, International Open University. They offer many, many different degree programs, including Islamic studies, Arabic what not in the third you can also do your bachelor's there for like business administration education psychology and it has like a mix of like akida sharia fiqh and whatnot taught by qualified teachers and of course dr bilal phillips y'all i stand dr bilal phillips last ramadan random in break bro last ramadan i watched dr bilal phillips like it was like it was like my part-time job y'all have to go check him out but his iou he's the founder of iou and all their education is like slightly like islamized so like you hear islam and like kind of in everything that you do even like your bachelor's and whatnot it's amazing so the best thing honestly about that is that it's really at your own time so it's already up there it's posted the modules the work everything's there they offer the programs everything whatnot it's just there you just log in you get your work done at your own time so you can visit their website their link is in my bio i've studied with them before very very cool I thoroughly enjoyed it. I actually did like a Hadith course there at one point and it really popped off, bro, because let me tell you, I actually enjoyed it. I didn't, at first I was like really nervous about it because I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be like, you know, I don't know if, how it's going to be. I love to study from like different places and do different things because I'm a little bit, I don't know, I'm, I'm just like that. I just like to go different places. And um, I studied like a Hadith course thing from there. I really liked it because with the modules, they give you like separate like readings to just have and then audio so it's like you have both aspects and y'all know me i definitely use the reading because if you're very busy the readings especially come in handy because it's just the entire thing that you need to know the different opinions on the hadith the different opinions on different things whatever it might be whatever you're studying it's all there in neat notes for you it makes your job in life a lot easier so check out iou i should have them in my bio link inshallah but honestly talking about education this reminds me this mindset honestly changed my life so much especially when it comes in just everyday things even like school i know so many people that stress a lot about academic validation and becoming successful and they're like well i made a lot of alun and it didn't work out the way that i wanted i get it you know you want to graduate on time you want to do some time and things don't work out you feel so frustrated but honestly allah knows what he's doing bro like he really does sometimes he's got to calm down 
Like, it's just school, bro. It's just graduating, bro. It's just a job. It's just dunya things. Say alhamdulillah that this affair is not connected to your afterlife, that it's not connected to what truly matters about your life to really come. I remember last Tuesday, bro, well, depending on when I upload this, I had an exam. And again, like I was not well at all, all dizzy and whatnot on the third. So I literally showed up for like an hour or two to take that exam and dip because there was no way I was going to stay after. Like I could barely stand up, but the exam wasn't really going to, wasn't about to get rescheduled no time soon. And the information flow was already kind of in my head because it was relevant. So I was like, bro, let's just, let's just get this done. Let's just take this exam. Let's just get it over with. Come back home, collapse on the bed. Halas, like try to get yourself to focus and breathe for like an hour or two and get this sorted through. And already, like, since my body wasn't well, I was telling myself, oh, like, don't stress, don't have anxiety about it, because it's not going to change anything. You're going to literally shut down and pass out. So I was like, okay, don't panic, don't panic, don't panic, it's okay, don't worry. But, like, slowly but surely, the natural sense of how we are as humans, the if started to creep in. You know, if only I started studying more, if only I did more, if only, like, you know... It could have gotten rescheduled. If only this, if only that, if only that. Like, I started thinking so much, like, oh my God, if only I wasn't sick, like, you know, I would feel more confident about taking this because it was my knowledge on it was pretty mid, but it is what it is. I really couldn't study. And at some point, I had to be more careful with how I was just thinking and talking to myself at that time. And I was like, bro, like, stop being so hard on yourself. You literally couldn't do much of anything at that time, especially when you're just like throwing up in bed all day. Like, come on be gracious to yourself sometimes and so i was like look it's fine allah knows what he's doing and if i wasn't able to study it was for a better reason so let's just take this test bro i took that test <laughs> bro i took that test <laughs> I, I haven't cried about it i really i still have not cried about this because there's no point in me crying um basically the thursday before in class our teacher covered like everything like the most nitty-gritty important stuff of our subject she covered it that day like the mechanisms, the reactions, everything, the really big, chunky, nitty gritty. Like I'm talking like that lecture alone could have been like a month's work of discussion, like a really emphasis on what this whole subject was about in that one class. And she goes, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. Like even though we touch base on this, we're touching base on this literally last class before the next exam. So there's only like two problems of this on the exam. Everything else is what you've been learning for the past month. I said, like, don't worry like i got this right so i was really relaxed when i was sick because i was like look i know everything else is fine um and then we'll figure it out we're sorted through you know i'm the type of person that i'm like when i see the multiple choice i'll make something connect to my head type of person yeah so i was like look it's gonna be fine um the exam was 25 questions two of them was things that we talked about for the past month the rest was everything she said wouldn't be on it um i panicked <laughs> i sat there exam and i flipped the page and the first page was like questions about like really really in-depth reactions like the mechanisms and how everything works and i was like wait she said it gonna be like two okay i guess i'm just getting the questions in the beginning okay i flipped the page i'm like oh okay another one i flipped the page i'm like oh another one i flipped the page i'm like oh another one i, I, I start flipping the page i'm like oh my god this whole test is that and there was only two problems in there of things that we talked about the rest of the months and I was just staring at it. I was like, bro, there's just no way. And I was like, am I? Is my eyesight tripping? I know I'm sick. Maybe I'm not reading right. I sat there just staring at it. Like, I didn't even, I didn't even move my pencil, bro. I was just staring at it. And I was staring at those choices. And you know when you're like, okay, I'm going to make something just link up with the multiple choices in my head? Bro, it wasn't even doing that. She did not cover that information, that material at all. So it was like, even if I studied, 
it would have been kind of useless, no offense, because not not trying to sound like a cop-out, but even if I studied, that information was like nowhere, really. The depth that she went through, the reactions, the mechanism, everything, the, the depth that she was covering on that exam was not covered anywhere really in our material. So basically, she was testing us on stuff that we had no clue about and did not know. And so I was just like, okay, it is what it is. And like at that point, I don't want to say accepted my defeat because again, we don't take L's. But I was like, look, it is what it is because it's fine. I don't regret it. I spent my week taking care of myself and getting better at my health and whatnot when I was so down bad and couldn't take care of myself instead of, you know, studying something that wouldn't have even been on it. Not an inch of really what we talked about for the months was on it. I was so, bro, I was in despair. I was like, there's just no way. I felt betrayed, bro. I really did. I was about to raise my hand and be like, what is this? And ball my eyes out. But I thought it was just me. And I was like, look, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he knows what he's doing. My hand in that test. Bro, when I tell you people left the test room so quickly, for that test, that exam, it's a few hours and like people don't leave quickly at all. Like we are there till the last minute. I remember one time a fire alarm went off and everybody was still sitting there. <laughs> because that that exam within itself is something else. But fire alarm went off, we were all just sitting there, but everyone was leaving very quickly and i was like is everybody understanding this and i'm not and then when i finished and i went outside i was talking to some people they were like bro that that test if i get a 30 i'll be grateful and i was like okay so we all we all really did not really eat that up okay slay queens we did not eat that up and so everybody was just talking about it and they were like bro that entire test was what she said wouldn't be on that test and i was like okay she can't have like 500 students failing so it's okay no regrets and sometimes that's just how you have to treat life Things are just like that. It's fine. It's not that big of a deal. At exam grade, she can keep that, babes. I want nothing to do with that. I mean, who knows? A miracle might happen. I might have I might have just had some, you know, pick in good guessing, good choice riz. Who knows? I might got that riz with me. Mm, who knows? What what riz do I have? I don't have any, I'm kidding. But um, who knows? I might just have good pick picking good multiple choice question riz. We don't know. But honestly, she could keep that grade. She really can't. I might go to her office hours and be like, homegirl, keep the keep the grade you don't gotta grade this one i got you sweetie keep the grade because <laughs> i don't want that back but it happens sometimes in life when when things don't go as planned now i feel like it's normal typically when you do study and you do go to and you're like you feel frustrated you're like why did this happen i worked so hard sometimes you work hard and things still don't go your way i was sick but i still tried my best to study and that was like the hardest i could have done in that moment i was like look it, it is what it is i did my job this wasn't in my hands there was nothing i could have done and that's when life honestly starts to get a little bit more better instead of holding on and sulking and being like oh that's a disaster a catastrophe yeah it sucks it's not fun but it's life move on this has nothing to do with my ahrat this has nothing to do with my relationship with god things didn't go as planned it's okay it's okay i did my job my job was just to try that's fine i could have not really done more since i was sick but even if i wasn't sick i would have studied done my best and i would have went there and i still wouldn't have really known because that material wasn't really covered at all in any of our discussions so or in any of our powerpoints i highly doubt it's in the textbook i don't know where where it came from but it, it that's just that's just it it happens you can't let these little little insignificant things in your life and be like portraying them so deeply in your relationship with god your failures in life can't be so deeply so deep deep deeply invested with your relationship with god they don't matter that much they don't this thing doesn't matter that much it's not going to matter in 10 years. If it's not going to matter in 3 years, it's not going to matter in 5 years. It might not even matter next week. It really might not. It might not. And you're sitting here ruining your life for it. You're sitting here viewing yourself down, bad, low, feeling depressed, feeling unworthy, having a bad relationship with God, feeling frustrated with God's decree for it. Be so for real. Be so for real. Like, sometimes you just got to have that reality check with yourself. 
why are you letting such random dunya things ruin your relationship with god bestie be so for real okay be so for real i hope you feel better after that i really do take some responsibility for your heart okay stop hurting your own feelings stop walking into situations that are breaking you take some responsibility for your heart stop taking things more seriously than they are stop hurting yourself over dunya affairs over dunya people over who said this and who said that and she said this about me who cares who cares you know how many times i know lots of other women have felt this as well where when you start to really really become more serious about you know the islamic rulings in regards to the way that you should carry yourself especially as a woman and you were doing your hijab not just in front of non-mahrams and you know people that you don't necessarily live with but sometimes even within your own family where you know in front of your cousins in front of other people who yeah they might be family but they're still non-mahrams they're still you still gotta do it in front of them you'll hear things you'll hear things i can promise you so many women know that you'll hear things when you start dressing more modestly people say that looks really bad people say that doesn't suit you at all you know i have heard some mothers say to their daughters you know your face shape it's not the face shape for a hijab it doesn't suit the hijab so i'm not gonna lie to wear it and i was just like are you so for real right now are you so for real are you so for real that you're telling your daughter that, oh, her face shape is like this and if she dresses like this, she doesn't look good and that she should wear tighter clothes because it looks better on her and that she should act like this because it looks better at a dunya level? That's the problem. When you take these dunya expectations, these random things in the dunya and make them so much more prevalent than your relationship with God, you start to create different standards, different expectations, different realities, different way of living that is not the correct way. It's not the nice way. It's not the right way. That isn't the way they should be on. It's honestly all baffling because I'll never understand why we take such dunya expectations and make them bigger than they need to be and create our own standards and our own assumptions and our own life, our way of living and then be like, oh, you know, things aren't going in our favor or God doesn't favor me when we completely go against the way that he said to live. Now, I'm not saying that you know, we're all perfect that we don't make mistakes. No, everyone makes mistakes. It's just about the fact that justifying it doesn't really make it any better. And the other really big thing, in my opinion, that I constantly really remember is sometimes when you are in a matter and it seems doubtful, you're better off leaving it. You really are. I feel like you don't understand the amount of peace that you get when you leave a doubtful matter. You don't know how much Allah can bless you for that. You really don't. You don't even know your success could be from the fact that you left a doubtful matter. You never know what little thing you do could be the thing that gets you to Jannah, that gets you get deed, that could be the epiphany moment of your life, that your whole life changes. There is a saying that goes along the lines of do good and throw it in the sea. So when you do good for somebody, throw it in the sea, just throw it away. Don't, don't think about it after that. Don't think that this person has to do something for me. That nitty gritty, you know, in Urdu we say hisab kitab. Like, <laughs> that nitty gritty, like you were just constantly, constantly like calculating. I did something for this person, so they should do something for me. No, no. One of the big things my mom always taught me growing up was exactly that. She was like, don't fall into that whole nitty gritty or thinking that when you do something, you are expecting something from someone else. Or that when you do something for someone else, you expect them to do something back for you. Or that if you do good, you will always receive good. Because that's not necessarily how life works. But when you do good... Leave it to Allah. Do it for Allah. You don't have to glamorize all the good that you do. You can do so many good things and tell nobody. And you should. You should do lots of good things and tell nobody. You don't need to tell everybody all the good things that you do. Leave them between you and Allah. Because Allah sees them and that's plenty for you. Trust me. But anyway, 
I hope you guys like this episode because I definitely kind of vented off, but it is what it is. Honestly, make this out of your comfort. Remember these things throughout your day and throughout your life. We tend to magnify the things that we go through and magnify our failures and bring them too much in our relationship with God, bring them too much on ourselves. We tend to take these little, little failures and think that we are complete failures because we went through these things. One failure doesn't mean your entire life is a fail. You aren't, you know, a failure because you failed a few times. Things go wrong. It's okay. Your worldly success is not necessarily defined by this standard modern definition that a lot of people have on how success should look like. Remember that the way that you live your life is very different than the way that a lot of disbelievers might live their life and even the way that some believers might live their life if you choose to firmly follow your faith. But remember that true success lies in becoming successful in the Ahirat. So the steps that you take in this life will get you there. You truly live once. You do pay for what you live for. So live wisely and be a little bit more careful. But be more calmer. Be more lighter when it comes to dunya affairs. And be more wiser and serious when it comes to your affairs of the Ahirat. Okay? Okay. I love y'all. You know I do. Anyway, take care of yourselves. Love y'all. Aslamu alaikum.